Welcome to Genesis. How are you guys? Feeling good? I feel you on the tired. Absolutely. Cool. Well, welcome to Genesis. This is week two of our series, Psalm 139, which is about what? Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Pretty good title. So it's about Psalm 139, and we are in week two of this series, and I love the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms is an incredible book of songs and poems and things like that about the greatness of God. And the book of Psalms is so incredible, and it's such a great reminder of who God is and who we are in light of who God is. And so I always tell people when they, when they say or they mention to me that, yeah, I'm feeling spiritually dry, I always point them to the book of Psalms. So if you are feeling that way, you're feeling spiritually dry, Go to the book of Psalms and read it. It's a great reminder of who God is and his greatness. So I'll throw that in for free. No charge for that one. Um, but uh, Psalm 139, is this series, we're going step by step through that chapter. And last week, we went through verses 1 through 6, which say this. And this will be on the screen for you. This is what it said. It said, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And tonight, we're going to be going through these verses. This is 7 through 12. This is what they say. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall, shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever been lost in a store? Ever been lost in a store? Yeah, so I was really bad about this when I was a kid, and like literally to the point where I would wander off all the time, and I would wander off from the person I was supposed to be with, my mom or my dad or whoever, and I'd wander off, and then you turn around, and it's like, oh, dang, I went too far. I don't see who I'm supposed to be with, and you start to feel really like alone in this big, scary store. You guys know the feeling I'm talking about? So you get lost in the store, and then you have to start walking like aisle to aisle to aisle, trying to find them, and you're just hoping you get lucky, and you like go across, you know, go around the corner, and they're standing there, and you go walk up to them. I remember one time I got lost in the store and got to the point where I gave up looking, and so I actually went to the checkout counter and called my mom over the loudspeaker. Like I told him, like, hey, can you call my mom on the loudspeaker? I'm seven years old, and I don't know where to go. And so... And so they did it, and my mom, like, comes over, and she walks over, and she's, like, embarrassed as all get out, you know, she just, the people think she lost her child, you know, and, and I'm like, thank God I found you, you know, and she's like, you embarrass me, like, <laughs> I can't take you anywhere, right? So, so anyway, how about this? So, do you still get lost in stores? Yeah? Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Now, it's not so much that I get lost in a store, it's more of when I, me and Emily will go shopping, it's more of us just getting, like, separated. Because I'm not really lost. I just don't listen very well. And so, like, let's say, like, we'll be on an aisle, and I'll be, you know, let's say I'm looking at a lamp on this aisle, and I'm looking at this lamp, and I'm like, Emily, isn't this a great lamp? 
And she's like, yeah, it's great. But listen, I got to go to the bedding aisle. This is a real, this is a true story. I got to go to the bedding aisle. So you need to come with me so we can go together. And I'm so transfixed on this lamp that I'm like, yeah, whatever, cool. And then I get done looking at it. And then I look and she's like, not there, right? And I'm like, oh no, oh no, okay. Um, uh, you know, is she kidnapped? You know, like the panic starts to you know, like set in. Like, is she, is she kidnapped? Is she, is she in trouble? Like, did she leave me? You know what I mean? Like, did she finally get her chance to just go away? You know, so no, so, to escape me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, it, it's because I don't listen. And so like, I call her and I'm like, where the heck are you? Like, you were here like five seconds ago. And she's like, I was in the bedding aisle. I told you where I was going. You don't listen, right? So oftentimes though, this is, this is how we think God is. You know, that sometimes when we start to wander or we start to stray from the path that we're supposed to be on, we think that when we finally come to our senses and look to see where we're at, God's not going to be there. Or maybe we get so transfixed on a sin or transfixed on an idol or a person, then we think when we finally snap out of it and look, God's not going to be there. Or maybe we think that he said something that he was, said a place that he was going and we might have missed it. We didn't hear him. And so we're looking for God and we can't find him. And so tonight, what I want to talk about is one of the most powerful phrases you will ever hear in your life. God is with me. God is with me. If that statement is true, then the way you think about, live, and see your life completely changes. Your past, your present, your future And these verses that we're reading tonight do tell us this is, in fact, true. So let's read the first two verses one more time. They say this. Psalm 139, 7 and 8. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I go down to Sheol, if I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Sorry, the screen behind me kind of throws me off. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Cool. So David, and he asks this question. He goes, is there a place that I can go that escapes your presence? Is there a place that I can go that escapes your spirit? And then he follows it up, and he answers his own question. He's like, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to Sheol, which is what the Hebrews called the grave. So if I go all the way up to heaven... You're there. If I go all the way down to the grave, like six feet under, the lowest place he could think of, you're there. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. And then what we see him do is he not only just answers this question, but I think in, a, in, the same, in the same way, if this is true, then what does this imply for our life? The implication of God always being there implies two different things. It should give you two different feelings. The first one should give you a feeling of comfort. should give you a feeling of comfort. That if the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one who has his hand on every detail, the one who has authority over everything, if this God is standing beside you, it's comforting. And not only is he just standing beside you, he's encouraging you, and he's strengthening you, and he's guiding you. The second feeling it should give you is a feeling of confidence. It should give you a feeling of confidence. Because if this God is who he says he is, and he's standing beside you, and he's strengthening you, and guiding you, and encouraging you, then what is there to worry about? 
no matter your circumstances, no matter the things going on around you, the God of the universe is always going to be with you. No matter what's happening, I got a big test coming up. God's with me. I got a lot on me at work. God's with me. I got a lot going on with my family. I'm under a lot of stress. God's with me. I was nervous to come up here and do this message because some, you know what? Sometimes I don't believe this. It's hard to believe. I was standing out here talking to Harrison, saying, man, I'm feeling weird about tonight. I don't know why. I'm feeling like kind of just, I don't know, just different. And he's like, hey, man, God's with you. <laughs> and I'm like, did you know that's what the message is about? <laughs> no. It's true, though. God's with you no matter what's going on. But the thing is, is that it's easy to hear that, right? God's always with you. God's always with me. But the problem is, some of you might be in here tonight, and, you, and, you, and you're thinking, like, yeah, I hear you. God's always with me. But what if I'm at a point in my life where I can't help but think, God, where are you at? God, where are you? I'm in a place right now where I don't feel you. I don't hear you. God, where are you at? I'm starting to think that I wander off a little too far and I turned around and you're not there. Starting to think that maybe you said you were going somewhere and I didn't hear it. And now I'm starting to feel alone in this big, scary world. If you're feeling that way tonight, stick with me. Stick with me. So let's keep reading. This is verse nine. It says this. Verse nine. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. I'm gonna stop there just for a second. So if you do some research behind these verses, you'll find that when David's talking about the wings of the morning, this is a very poetic language, right? It's kind of like lofty. It's kind of just fancy, right? So he's talking about the wings of the morning. He's referencing the sunrise. The morning, the, the sunrise, okay? And it rises in the east. So he's talking about if I go east, and then he's like, if I go and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, what he was talking about was the Mediterranean Sea. And that was the far west of Israel. So he's like, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I go east, if I go west, what does he say? Even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. And there's significance when David adds in that it's God's right hand. Because in the Bible, the right hand, it signified authority, and it signified sovereignty and authority and blessing. And so when he, when he says that it's his right hand, he's saying, so if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I go east, if I go west, even there, your right hand of blessing, your right hand of authority and sovereignty and strength is there holding me and leading me. That is a powerful truth. That is so powerful. And so he continues with this theme of opposites, right? He goes, if I go way up, you're there. If I go way down, you're there. If I go way left or way right, you're there. And so what is he saying? We've got two ends of the spectrum, right? So if he's way up there and he's way down there and he's way left and he's way right, what is he saying? That God is everywhere in between. So if you find yourself tonight somewhere in between heaven and the grave, somewhere in between west and east, God's got you. God's got you. It's impossible to find yourself anywhere else, right? We're somewhere in between east and west. We're somewhere between heaven and the grave. If that's true, then God's got you. It indicates that he's got you from the beginning to the end, the near 
and the far, the chaos and the calm, the known and the unknown. He's everywhere in between. He's got you. So I want to tell you that even if you're still thinking, God, where are you at? There's power in the phrase, even there. That if you find yourself in a place tonight where you don't feel God, he's even there. If you're in a place where you don't feel God, he's even there. If you're in a place where you don't hear God, he's even there. If you're in a place where you feel like you're all alone in this big, scary world, he's even there. He's even there. David then continues to write these next two verses. Psalm 139, 11 through 12. This is what it says. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. The darkness is as light with you. So if you came in here tonight, and you heard, where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? And you heard that, and you're like, yep, God's with me. I got it. I'm good. That's great. There's also some of you in here tonight that thought, yeah, I hear you, but at the same time, I don't really feel him. Is he where I'm at? Does he realize how far I've wandered off? Does he realize how, how much I've strayed, how much I haven't listened? Is he even there? Even there, your hand shall hold me. Even there, your right hand shall lead me. But then the rest of you are maybe thinking, yeah, but what if I'm in a really dark place? What if I'm in a really dark place? Can God see in the dark? These verses are some of the most comforting thoughts about the omnipresence of God. David says that even the darkness is not dark to God. And some of you tonight may feel like that you're in a place of darkness. You're already lost in the big scary store, right? And now they've turned the lights off. Could you imagine the panic? You're a little kid, and you're lost in the store. You're trying to find your way to your mom or your dad, and then all of a sudden the lights go out. Some of you know exactly how that feels, because you're feeling that way right now when it comes to God. That you're in a dark place caused by sin, a dark place caused by the unknown or by uncertainty, But the great thing about these verses, and it tells us this, you are never somewhere too dark that God can't find you. You are never somewhere too dark that God can't see you. You are never somewhere too dark that God can't see you or find you. Let that sit with you tonight. Your mistakes, your failures, your doubt, your worry, they've caused you to run away. They haven't caused God to run away. God's right there. God hasn't gone anywhere. God can see you even in the dark, and he's there to hold you and lead you out of it with his right hand of authority, his right hand of blessing and strength and sovereignty. No matter how dark, no matter how far, God has his eyes on you. And here's the last truth I want to share with you tonight. Is that not only can God find you in the darkness, 
He's not scared of the dark either. He's not scared of the dark either. Why? Because he's already conquered it. Because he's already conquered it. That when our world became broken through the sin in the garden, Eve reached out, grabbed the fruit, handed it to Adam, and he took a bite too. As soon as that happened, this darkness entered our world. And this trait of transgression kind of trickled down humankind. And all of a sudden, everyone started having this darkness inside their heart. But God, out of his love and his mercy, he chose to enter the darkness in the form of a man. And he sent his son, and his name was Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, lived a perfect life that we could not have lived, died a death that we should have died. And he entered into this darkness, a darkness that we caused but could not cure. Don't miss that tonight. But then three days later, he emerged victorious through the resurrection. So that now he is our only means of salvation. And that there is forgiveness of sins and there's grace for sin. And now that there is a light that pierces the darkness of our hearts. And now when we wander and when we don't listen, when we get lost in what seems like this big, scary world, Jesus is always there. He is always there and he's never going to leave. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. God is with you. What about there, though? What about that place? What about the place I put myself in? Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. But what if it's dark? What if the place I've put myself in is full of darkness, and I can't see my way to God, I can't feel my way to God? Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. No matter what, no matter where, God is with you, God is for you, and God sent his son to die for you so that you could be in relationship with him. God is with you. I want to ask the band to come back up. So we respond tonight. Maybe some of you do feel lost, like you've wandered away too far, or maybe you strayed away and maybe you didn't hear, maybe you weren't listening. But I want you to know that God hasn't gone anywhere. He's still right here with you. He still loves you. And none of you have strayed too far to escape the presence of God. I've got a lot of papers. So life might be confusing, but God's with you. Life might not make any sense, but God's with you. Things might be looking bad, but God's with you. He's never going anywhere. He's never left. And even in the darkness of sin, struggle, and pain, he's there. Worship him tonight.
Talk to him tonight as we respond. He's nearer than you think. Let's pray. God, we thank you that there is nowhere we can go that escapes your spirit or escapes your presence. God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross that makes all this possible. That not only are you among us, but you, you live inside of us. There's nowhere too far, too dark, that you don't see us, that you can't find us, that even when we might be feeling alone in this big, scary world, you're right there. God, I thank you for the love and the forgiveness and the grace that you offer each one of us. And I pray, God, tonight as we respond, that you would have your nearness known to us tonight, that we would feel you, hear you. God, we love you so much. Thank you again for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.